You're listening to The Brilliant Ones Podcast with me, your host, Donnie Adams, a show about entrepreneurs and the companies they build. Join me weekly as I speak with entrepreneurs from all over who share their experiences and advice on the companies they created. And be sure to follow us on YouTube and Instagram at The Brilliant Ones. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining for another episode of The Brilliant Ones Podcast. Super excited. I got a special guest with me, Jay Ville, CEO of Inc. Education. Jay, welcome. Hey, appreciate it. Appreciate the welcome and appreciate me being here today. I'm glad to to spread some something uh, that's valuable to everybody. Yeah, man. <laughs> and you're doing a lot of great things in the community, man, with uh, yes, all the businesses that you have going on. Yes, I'm sir. super excited to dive into like what you're doing with uh, yes, uh, Ink yes, Education, sir. the Jville brand. Yes, sir. But but first, uh, we we're here in Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. right? I know you were telling me a little bit before the show. <laughs> <laughs> you're not from Dallas, so right. so so give me so give me the background. How'd you end up in uh, in Texas? Yeah, so um, originally from Northeast to LA. Uh, my parents in, in San Bernardino. My parents uh, were retired military, so I spent like all that time, you know, moving around a lot. Um, Georgia Air Force Base. I don't, I don't know if it's it's defunct at this point. I believe it is um, back in Apple Valley. And so I was born in that area. Right. And then um, spent time, you know, going to school in Cali, you know, growing up in Cali. And then I eventually moved to uh, Japan, uh, lived in Japan for three years, learned Japanese at that time. I don't know it anymore, but uh, learned <laughs> Japanese then. Went to school. Part of my elementary school journey was there as well in Kadena, well, Kadena Air Force Base in Okinawa. And, uh, you know, spent some time, you know, um, in other Asia countries and then also came to, to Arizona, you know, spent time in Arizona for a while and then came to Texas. Uh, actually, my last year of high school, I moved to Texas. My va- I left everybody. It was did my high school, the three years of high school in Arizona. My last year, my mom was actually coming to coming to um, Texas. My dad was still in Arizona at the time. So they retired one year after and one another. And so he eventually moved after we kind of moved to Dallas. And so she retired from the military and then got a job at Microsoft. And then so Microsoft is out here in Las Colinas area in DFW. And so we moved here. Um, at that time, I had just turned 16. I was a freshman in high school at 12. And so I just turned 16, graduated, and then and landed in Dallas. And then I did my, my time there, went to school um, at the Naval Academy in Annapolis and DMV area, and came back to Texas for my master's. And then I ended up working at Microsoft and other companies and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I ended up back in back in Texas. Wow. So yeah. how would you, you like <laughs> how's life in Dallas? Um, Dallas is cool. Um, eventually, you know, in the beginning, I was like, man, I my everybody has the same thought in Dallas, like in Texas, like, am I gonna go and I'm gonna see a whole bunch of people riding on horses going to work? Right. And that's what I thought when I first came here. You know, as an ing- as an ignorant standpoint, but until I got here and um saw the vibe of how dallas is i was like oh it's not that bad you know it's a big city they back then they didn't have as much going on as they have now especially in the entrepreneurship space and you know uh in the black and you know brown community space as far as who's starting businesses millennials right is is it the city to come to to actually start things build relationships right if you're gonna date somebody you know you have to look at that too right all those things in a melting pot that dallas was was kind of how they evolved up until today, right? Now you got Dallas is like the hottest and everything. You got best place to be to live at, you know, as a millennial. You got the best place, the best place to uh, to buy real estate. You know, they got the best housing market, although housing is crazy right now with the whole interest rate situation. Yeah. Um, and rentals out of this world right now. Rental, you know, apartment prices. But Dallas has become like the hot place that everybody wants to move to. That corrupt corporations want to move to. Everybody wants to be, everybody wants to make money here. Everybody wants to live here and everybody wants to settle down here. So eventually we're going to have to start building up, but we, the land is so wide here that it's not necessarily an issue, but the environment's cool. The startup scene still has work to do. Um, you know, you said you mentioned Austin a little while, you know, while earlier, Austin is a good startup hub, but I think that for different types of startups like ed tech and other, other type of startups, fintech and things like that you know there's a lot of still work to do um in this particular area too right mm-hmm. no and and so so going back to just growing <clears throat> up you know mm-hmm. in various different cities mm-hmm. did you always have that uh entrepreneur spirit so you know what it's funny um i never saw myself in the entrepreneurship space when i was younger or even in high school or even in college like it wasn't even on my radar i was yeah. just like i want to be an engineer you know growing up i wanted to be a uh 
a chemical engineer. Then I moved it from chemical engineering to biomedical engineering. Then I moved from biomedical engineering to computer engineering. Then I moved from computer engineering to like system engineering. But when I graduated, I ended up having a minor in mathematics and I did so much, you know, starting off a computer engineering major. Then I went off to information systems with a minor in math. So I graduated with all of this knowledge in engineering, business, and then tech. And so it all like related me to like, oh, hmm. In B school, I was able to learn so much, you know, that I'm able to start my own company. So eventually when I was tutoring and things like that, I was like, well, now it's time to kind of make this something official. And then when I started, you know, uh, tutoring in ink education, well, back then it was called ink tutoring. It's kind of when I was able to put all that knowledge into play and in action. Right. You know, there's a lot of talk in Dallas and other cities that do. I want to do this. I want to do that. But people don't move the foot to the fire and their feet to the fire and make action happen and do impact until movement starts to happen. And that's where, you know, I kind of got my feet a little bit wet in the entrepreneurship space. And then when I started the company, I not door to door. I was your 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 real grassroots, you know, hey, my name is Jay Ville. You know, I'm starting ink education or ink tutoring. These are the things that we tutor in. Here's what I do. If you want to use me, great. If you don't, if you don't have any, don't have a use for me, here's my card. Here's somebody else that might be able to 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 utilize tutoring. And I kind of did it like that, right? Did that for a whole year. Eventually, um, I ended up uh, going to a lot of black enterprise conferences, and that's where I first met a senior producer for Tom Joyner Morning Show uh, and a senior producer for Steve Harvey's show, and I ended up tutoring their kids in math at first. And then eventually, black enterprise ended up writing an article about kind of what we were doing in the education company, and then it kind of spread like wildfire. So then it was client after client, media after media, and then to where we are today, which is 85 people strong. Um we're in six different, we have people on ground, on foot in six cities, um, Dallas, Fort Worth, um, Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Houston, Austin, and I want to say we have people in D.C. too. Um, we're a 15-time award-winning brand now, and we're the top black-owned tutoring brand and education company in the U.S. at this point. Wow. No, that, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. And you were featured in, in Forbes too as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. We were the first black and brown um education and tutoring company to ever make the Forbes list in history. Yeah. No, that, that's for impressive. the impact specifically of black and brown students. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's yeah. great. So going back to when yeah. you first started the company, mm -hmm. this is what, 20, 2015. Yes, sir. Middle of 2015. So about July and July. And, and so mm -hmm. what led up to this point that you wanted to start your own tutoring yeah. business? So, um, my original background was in the IT and tech space. Um, I worked at Microsoft as a technical account manager. I worked at Baylor Healthcare IT and, and network, uh, healthcare IT and network engineering. Um, worked in T-Mobile, Verizon, all these other tech companies and telecom companies. And then um, 2008, it's crazy. Like, you know how you just sit somewhere and you just like, not necessarily meditating per se, but you just quiet. You just listen, right? And you have to listen to God's sound. And, you know, you know for anybody that's religious, whatever you believe in. but. Right. I'm a Christian. Yeah, you know, I'm a Baptist Christian. So for the powers that be, um, I got heard this voice. It was like, you need to be in education. And I was like, what? <laughs> How, Sway? Like, why? Like, that, my background is IT and tech. I grew up in it. Both my parents were in tech. You know, my mom worked at Microsoft and other tech. My, my mom and dad both did tech in the military. Like, my dad was in tech, was big in tech. Like, so my trajectory was to go in tech. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I was good at it. But when I heard that voice, like my life changed, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and there's two, two places where my life changed in my life. The moment I heard that, that word and that, 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 that voice. And, you know, I have a 17 month old daughter now, so that's a whole nother story, yeah. but that also changed my life. Right. So in the, in the, in the world of seeing, of hearing God, like I, I was just trying to figure out what I needed to do next. And I said, okay, cool. Well, if I need to be in education, I ain't got, but I, I, I was right in a job I had just got literally three months ago before I heard that voice. Right. Told the guy, I was like, Hey, uh, I don't know what to tell, I don't know how to tell you this, but I got to leave the job. He was like, what? Like I just, and the guy, he just he graduated from UT funny, in Austin. And he was an operations manager. He was like, what? Like I just hired you. Like, how? How are you going to do that to me like that? I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you. I just listen to God's voice. I got to do it. I got to listen. So I listened. I left my job at that time. I moved forward, enrolled in a in a um, alternative certification program to teach, and then went to Dallas ISD and finished off that program and then started teaching. I actually graduated. I actually, um, first year of teaching in 2008 was when I first started. 
I went back to go teach at my alma mater, which is Townview Science Engineering Magnet High School here in Dallas, right? I graduated number three in my class at that school and got like $385,000 worth of money to go to school. So I didn't have to pay for none of my degrees, right? So then I went back to go teach a very unique class called Fast Track Mathematics, which if you're not familiar with the educational landscape, it's teaching freshmen three years of pre-AP math in one year. The way that's accomplished is you teach the uh, freshmen the whole year of pre-AP geometry in a regular calendar academic year. And at the same time, you teach them the whole year of, of algebra two first semester. You flip it second semester, teach them the whole year of pre-cal second semester. But you have those same group of kids, first period and eight period every day for an hour and a half. That's how it was done. First year out the gate teaching, all my kids got 100% perfect scores on the state exam first year teaching out the gate. Then I went to, um, did my next three and a half years in different school districts, the, uh, Duncanville, Uplift Education Charter School System, and uh, Cedar Hill ISD, and did all that. And then I became one of the only black male educators in the city of Dallas who taught all the math in high school between algebra to AP Calculus BC, pre -AP, uh, regular pre-AP and AP levels all in four years with 85 to 100% success rate. Then I became the top tutor that's black male in Dallas after that as well. So it kind of just spiraled into where it's at now. Um, and then became an instructional coach. I taught teachers for a couple of years for math, was a um, district level administrator over seven schools for STEM instructional coaching, was a math interventionist for SPED students, and then an adjunct professor at a university for four years. So I've done everything in ed, basically, besides be a principal and a superintendent. So leading up to this point, you, you did <laughs> that all led this. to the company being and, built, and then yeah. now you were just like, okay, when you first started in 2015, mm -hmm. did you yeah. uh, were you still full time, or how how did you make the transition? Back from, then, I was teaching? I was working at Duncanville High School, teaching algebra two and math models, mm -hmm. and then as a side. I guess you could say like as a side gig, right? I had started Ink Tutoring at that time before we moved to Ink Education, changed our name, um, which Ink, Ink Tutoring back then was really a tutoring brand that tutored students from kindergarten to doctorate level in STEM subjects, test preps, English reading, writing, and foreign languages. Migrating over to Ink Education, now not only do we do that, but we're an education company, right? We do training, we do professional development, we do workshops, we do resume reviews and writing, we write, uh, we ghost write books for people that want to be authors, we do mentoring services, like we do so much more, financial literacy, like all these things now we do that we had to migrate over to an education company. And so being that that said, um, I kind of was bobbing and weaving through my career, my next couple of years, going in and out of entrepreneurship, right? Like working at this school, entrepreneur at night. Working at this school, entrepreneurship at night. Leaving the school, full-time entrepreneurship. Coming back to, work, <laughs> to working at this school and then doing entrepreneurship again. So, you know, when you're in and out of entrepreneurship like that, you get knowledge, right, that you didn't have before, and you coagulate all that knowledge together to build and be your first investor, right? Because you don't always want to lean on Series A, right, or whatever you're trying to do with raising money. Um, they always say even the best of the people that raise money and then have the unicorn companies always say it's really best to just bootstrap, right? You need to bootstrap from the ground up and try to – pick up your shoestrings along the way. And that's just what I did, right? You know, our organization has always been in the black. We've never been in the red. We've never been in a lot of debt, if almost any debt. Um, we've never been in a situation where we had to close up shop. The pandemic was a, a blessing and a curse at the same time. Um, we gained clientele and gained more students, but we also lost students and lost clients because of the whole test prep situation. And of course, if you knew anything about what happened there, right? The student, the schools and universities started to drop the test, the SAT and ACT, right? They're like, well, we all know that it's racially biased tests, right? And we all know that there's issues with it and they need to be abolished. However, in lieu of that, a line of our business, right, got kind of cut short because folks was leaving that dynamic. But guess what? There's two caveats to that. One is you don't need the test to get into the school. Two is you need the test to get scholarships, Right. So people still had to come to us for tutoring to get that done, which is fine. But at the end of the day, um, that's kind of how I intertwined all that. And so now, you know, full time doing my thing in ink and, you know, other things that I'm doing, just kind of still creating the impact. Yeah, no, that, that's impressive. I mean, go, even going back to the mm -hmm. resume piece of it, so many people right. like being in, 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 in even in the career space. Yeah. Right. Folks need help with 
with resumes, right? right. And all these essential skills. Right. And it, it's great that you've been able to identify those needs mm-hmm. to help to help people. And that, I mean, that, that, that says a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, people needed it. Think about what happened in the pandemic, right? Yeah. They lost so many jobs. Yeah. And people was like, yo, where am I going to find my next job at? Yeah, right. Right? Or where am I going to find my next thing at? Or, and as they, their resume wasn't ready for the dynamic of what was to come, right? It's like, okay, cool. I need to be, I want to be X. Uh, I want to be an engineer. I want to be an accountant. I want to be whatever job. I want to get this internship. But your resume doesn't reflect that, though. So, 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 this is actually got got me thinking. So, mm-hmm. what about going back to? I, I, I'm assuming you're doing K to twelve, right? Yeah, K to doctorate, but yeah, the K to doctorate, right? Mm-hmm. So, what what type of preparation at an early early age, around like maybe ninth or middle school, mm-hmm. are you helping prepare these students for for college, right? And yeah, helping yeah. you know to helping shape you know like STEM. STEM is a, is is an important, especially mm-hmm. a, a, just a unique thing to get students exposed to technology mathematics engineering all these roles uh that play that can really skyrocket their careers if they choose to go down that career path right so i mean a couple things one is we engage in parental education too right like people that be like hey i want my kid to do this i want my kid to be you know to go to school and graduate to go to a great college etc etc but the profile of your student doesn't speak to that and what I mean by that is your kid's not taking the right classes to get into these universities. You want to go to UT, you want to go to Carnegie Mellon, you want to go to Yale, Harvard, Stanford, uh, Howard, um, you know, um, MIT. Cornell, MIT, Caltech, all that, even the Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, all that. Your kid doesn't speak to that, right? And sometimes you've got to let our parents know we're real truthful about what we do. Like whether or not it's going to hurt your feelings or not, we're going to say it because it needs to be said. And you need to prepare your kid, right? So when they're trying to get here, our job is to educate the parents on what classes should your kids be taking from ninth to twelfth, or from um, seventh grade or sixth grade all the way up to they graduate high school, right, to get into college. What test should they be taking? A lot of folks are not familiar with the 212 model, which means you take the ACT or SAT twice your sophomore year, once your, your junior year, twice your senior year to make sure that they're ready for school. And what I mean by that is, You've had enough iterations of taking that exam to where you have the score you want. You, you're able to super score if you're in the ACT, right, and get the best score for all sections. You're able to then, uh, uh, if you needed to redo redo essays, you can redo essays. Like you have all these chances now because you started early to get to the point you want to. If you got a 23 first time, you got an 18 first time. Cool. The next year you take it or the next time you take it that year, you can move up about four or five points. Then you take it again, you can move up another five points. Then you take it again, you're good. Last year, you graduate, you get scholarships, you don't have to pay for school. So we got to tell them that. We also got to tell them, your kid's been taking regular regular classes this whole time. Senior year, now you want to give them a pre-AP and AP classes. It's the wrong time to do it. You should have been having your kids take pre-AP classes eighth grade year. Pre-AP algebra one. They should be taking algebra eighth grade year. They should be. Not all. People do it, but eighth grade they should be. And then they move along to um, taking their class, the right level of class. We have to inform them on that, right? So that's the first thing. Second thing is mentoring these kids as big brothers and big sisters about where they're supposed to be um, in their academic careers. What do they want to do when they get out and graduate? How we're going to, that's going to materialize to a career path, right? Right. And then from there, we're taking that piece on to, okay, cool. What kind of support systems do you need? You need community. You need tutoring. You need mentoring. You need academic. You need spiritual. All that. Mental, right? Mental health is huge now, especially for black men, right? Yeah. So all that together is where we kind of align ourselves with those students because we're not a normal tutoring brand. We're not a normal education company. We don't just be like, hey, we're going to tutor you and you out the door. Our um, approach is holistic in nature. It's a 360-degree approach, which means that we get to learn the parent and the students first, deep relationships, right? Then we include different stakeholders in that process. So parents, teachers, counselors, students, the team is on one page academically and pedagogically. We mentor those students, and we provide them back-end support when a tutoring is completed. And that means that now they're not a number. They're a community member. They're our, big, our little brother, little sister. And that's how we build a dynamic. I got a girl right now at PV that I've been tutoring since eighth grade, and she's now a senior. 
her mom's like, we will not let you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the kind of alignments and that kind of relationships that we build, and that's what's important. Right. And you can say you 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 got me thinking about when I, when I do have kids, you know, <laughs> getting them aligned with, with with a program like yours. Important to kind of set them up, especially if you want them to to go to you know a prestigious school or just setting up in general for right. success. Right. Because if I, if I when I was in school. Like I didn't get exposed <laughs> to none of that. I mean, I thought I knew I wanted to go to college, but right. I didn't know what courses to take. Right? I didn't know about mm-hmm. what, like you said, what two on two, two taking on two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know any of that. Right? And I got left behind the eight ball because I had to take like, I think I tested low in math or something uh, like that, and I had yeah. to take like one part of math, like starting freshman year. It was like algebra one A, okay, algebra one B or something like that. I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. So, so I, you, was, I, I was behind, right? That yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> you probably had to. Well, you try to take the TSI or something like that, or you know, when you get into a school and it's like you haven't you haven't taken a normal pathway, they will either put you in a developmental class or they'll put you in another math to get up to where you're supposed to be for your major. Yeah, and that's what happens freshman year normally. Well, yeah. yeah I, well, I'm originally from Florida, so okay. I, uh, we had to take cool. the FCAT too so okay yeah yep. i think i tested yep. low and i had to do intensive reading as well that was i mean hey but hey but at least you did what you needed to do yeah yeah i, I do what i need to do right i, I started <laughs> yeah. reading a lot but that's just it's just funny that you got you know? to yeah. but there, but there's more there's this you know there's children that right. were in worse situations right? I, right I mean i had great parents and all that right. stuff it's just again it's just they don't know what they don't know right and and so right. it's important to educate the parent uh as well to provide them with those right resources Exactly. And a lot of the students, um, they don't have an opportunity to not only get the resources, but how I want to say they don't get represented well, right, in school. Right. They need representation. We had an event um, about a week and a half ago and I was speaking to a parent. I was like, they're like, yeah, we need help in these couple subjects. Da, 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 da. And she was like, but you know, what's crazy. And I was like, what? She was like, you know, my son never get a chance to see people that look like him in the classroom or at the teacher level. And he feels like he alone, right? He feels like he has nobody to go to. And I think that it's important for our kids to have representation everywhere they go, because it does matter at the end of the day, I can go sit in class and have a a teacher who doesn't look like me and learn from him. But then I, I don't have the same relationship. I can get content, but I have no relationship. But guess what? If I got content and I have relationship and I can identify with you, maybe I want to be alpha. Maybe I want to be a noob, right? Like, right. cool, I can see myself there, right? And I can ask questions and be comfortable with asking those questions. But a lot of the kids out here in H-Town and L.A. and all that, they don't have representation, and it does matter at the end of the day. So, our organization is really tied to the community and that dynamic, right? We have tutors and consultants who are who are African American, we have Caucasian, Indian, uh, Asian, Hispanic. We represent everybody, but we have to identify with where the world is kind of going, right? When you have a a, a world and a um, educational system where more than fifty two percent of the teachers in front of the kids are you know white caucasian women right you don't ever see you don't ever see um we have the two percent black male teacher problem right that everybody talks about there's not enough representation of us in the classroom why Mm, i don't i wouldn't say is it oh i think it's just a female oriented career teaching is primarily dominated by females period whether or not you're black or brown or indifferent or out otherwise the thing is this though we need more males in the system at large to teach the kids what they need to know and relate it outside the four walls where it belongs to their hood. That's the problem. And I think in order for us to get there, we as men have to understand that this ain't a, this ain't a place where, oh, well, it's education. I ain't going to make no bread or I'm not going to be as successful as I want to be. That ain't the case. I actually made a decent amount of money, you know, in, in the education system the whole time I was there. It depends on what you're teaching. Right. I'm STEM, so I mean, yeah, I, think, I was okay. You know what I mean? I think it's just a persona that teachers don't make a lot of money. It's, I've just been hearing that for years. It's everywhere, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, who says that? Like, I, I, I've i never said it. I've just said, hey, you can, do, you can do well, and you can still make a decent amount of money in the education system, whether or not you're teaching, an administrator, or counselor, whatever you're doing in the ed space. 
you can still do well. You just have to choose the right pathway in education to make the money you're trying to make. But it also depends on your lifestyle. Everybody's lifestyle different. You can't try to, what do I always say? Um, you can't, you can't, you can't live a nickel lifestyle when you're trying to, I mean, you can't have a, you can't have and do things with a nickel mindset. Yeah. We're trying to have a thousand dollar mindset or a million dollar mindset or whatever. Yeah. Right. You have to start small, invest in what you're doing, understand your path and your career and know how of your why. And then you go from there and you can, um, you know, gain the money you're trying to get to, but you have to believe in it and have to know how to get there in your career path. There's no straight line to success. It's always going to be a jagged edge, whether or not you're in a, in a corporate career or whether or not you're in an entrepreneurship career, you're never going to have a straight line to success ever. It's never going to look from here to you. Yeah. It's, it's always, it's always <laughs> challenges. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of challenges, what were some of the challenges you had, uh, building, uh, ink tutoring to ink education? Um, so my initial challenge was like, you know how you like you, you're, you know how you're, you're trying to build something and you want to market it. Right. Right. I was never like a marketing person, right. Or a PR person. I fell into that by default when I started like getting better at representing my own organization. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Eventually, um, black enterprise invited me to become a contributing writer for the magazine for education and financial literacy stuff. Right. And eventually that spun into knowing and understanding how PR works, right? And then I'm like, oh, I want to get PR for my company. I can do that. So I just need to just tell my story a certain way, right? And I can I can make it relevant to whatever's going on in the world to where it should get picked up. The story should get picked up somehow, right? And I, I just got that this past weekend, I just got off of doing my third TED talk. So I'm just like, there's ways to tell your story and different things to where it will make sense, right? But I think that one of the challenges, you know, one was trying to get the word out about the organization initially. And then I was like, okay, let me take some time to think about the how and the why of what I'm doing. Once I understood that, I was able to then articulate my story for the company, right? And then it was about operations. Okay, well, how do we start getting revenue and be profitable to where like our revenue line is not looking like this? <laughs> it still goes up but it's more flat line. We want one that looks like this, right? So I remember we were, um, we were paying, the compensation for consultants was more based on percentage, right? Percentage works when you're in this space, but it doesn't work as great as if you have hourly rates for experience. And I think that was a better way to go. When I brought my, my COO, his name is Clinton Macy. He's out in a, he's out in Aubrey, right? In the, in the Frisco area as well. And so, um, when we change the structure of how that's supposed to look from a compensation perspective, and then what that looks like to the profit margin, it made more sense and the company did better overall. So the challenge was intertwining the formula of paying, so charging clientele and customers to paying them how we're going to pay consultants, right? To what's left, right? For the organization at the end of the day. And all three of those kind of came to a head when we figured out what made more sense for the company. And that's why I don't think we were ever in the, we were always in the black and never in the red because we figured out something that actually does work. Most tutoring brands, especially minority owned, fall out pretty quickly. Uh, we're probably the longest standing, I would say, brand that does what we do. That's a millennial based organization to this day. And people always ask me, I people, people that, been in business longer than us, been in business, be asking us for advice on stuff because I'm like, you just want to be the expert. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they ask us I, because we've done something in tutoring and education that nobody else has done and nobody else is necessarily used to and people are trying to figure out why it's sustainable because we figured out something that people ain't figured out. So why do you <laughs> think uh, some of those, those, uh, those tutoring companies don't last long? Um, I think one, because... A lot of tutoring companies that are private are not ran by true educators. They're ran by business people. Business people don't understand pedagogy. And pedagogy, if you understand how to operate and work with students and know the psychology of students and know how to get content to them, not just say stuff, but deliver content, you'll go a longer pathway. But you have to understand developmentally what those kids are thinking or grown adults are thinking. And also 
you have to understand the landscape of education. What are the logistics of how, um, what's what I want to say? Uh, not corporate stuff, but um, politics, right? How does politics work in the, in the education system? How do you build a tutoring brand, but still understand the why of the operations and the kids that you're impacting? Do you really understand why Johnny doesn't listen on this particular content? Is it because he's ADD or ADHD or is it because he have Asperger's or did he autism? Like if you don't understand education and you try to start a, an education company, it's eventually going to catch up with you and you're going to fall out because you're not going to be expert. You're not going to be an expert witness, right? You're not gonna be an expert or a subject matter expert on, on that topic. You know how to build a company, but you don't know the content that you're building a company on. And that's why I think people tend to fail. Now they also tend to fail quicker because they don't um, understand the ebbs and flows of, of education and tutoring, right? Because there's a high season sometimes, there's a low season sometimes, there's a middle season sometimes, there's testing season, <laughs> there's final season, there's midterms, right? There's like all these different things where tutoring will go up, it'll go down for a second, it'll go up, it'll go down for a second, it'll flatline, it'll go up, it'll go down. like. People tend to give up when they see things go well and then these things go down. They're like, oh my God, my business is going to fall out. Like, I'm going to die. We have no runway, no revenue. Like, what's going to happen? But you got to stay the course the whole way, right? You got to know your weaknesses and your strengths. You got to know when to go get, you know, when to go get the bread and when it's going to come to you and when uh, you should go to it. And that's for really any organization. You know what I mean? You just have to understand the ebbs and flows. But that's, I think, one of the primary things that why people don't last in the tutoring industry or the education industry because they just don't understand it. They want to make money, but they don't really understand it. Yeah, no, I, yeah. absolutely. I, I think that's, that's really important, especially yeah. um, when, when it comes down to like the pitfalls of running a business, right? Like you in and out. So I'm assuming yeah. the, the slow months are like the summertime. Is that pretty slow? For that's you? one of the slow months of the summertime. Also uh, in the very beginning of school in the fall. Yeah. August, September, because nobody knows at that time, nobody has taken a six or eight or six or nine week exam, mm -hmm. and then they haven't had progress reports, right? When your progress report come out in three weeks, though, you should be able to tell Johnny's about to fail that math class, right? Or Johnny's about to fail that <laughs> English class, and he's sitting there looking at you like, yo, mom, I can't play basketball because no pass, no play, yeah. right? So, okay, but you coming to us then to save your butt. Here's the thing. Most parents are reactive. They're not proactive, right? If we change the mindset of our parents to be more proactive parents and less reactive parents, then you don't have to worry about catching up to the kids in Asia or the kids, you know, wherever, right, that are doing better, right, than us. And people always complain about what's wrong with the system or what's wrong with it is starts at home. What are you doing as a parent to get your kid ready first? What are you then doing to make sure that your kid stays on top? Are you checking on their homework? Are you making sure they got all the problems right? Are you making sure they even did all the problems? Are you making sure that they're taking their homework to school? Are you going to the parent-teacher conferences? Are you uh, in invested in your kid knowing what financial literacy is? Are you a parent who, you know, rears them in certain, you know, in certain ways? Like, right. it starts at home, the teacher will carry over some of that right and be that whatever they're missing right that that uncle that that mom or dad figure whatever but we can't do all of it for you you got to start that at home we'll just accelerate that to a point where the kid needs to be and it will go from there nah that's great so what do you see the future of ink education over the next couple of years um man so ink education i i, I see is going to be Definitely growing to more cities. I'm talking about on ground, right? We do tutoring and we do educational services on ground. I mean, in person and we do it online right now, right? We do a lot of stuff online at this point, right? Last week, we had clients from North Carolina, Louisiana. I just did an ACT class for a Louisiana charter school that's on the side of Grambling State today. Um, we got folk in Houston, like Florida, like all those people came last week because there's just there's a lot going on, struggling, right? So our staff is going to at least triple, I think probably quadruple, I would say at that point, um, we're going to have, you know, we want to, we want to quadruple 
or or, or a quintuple, if you will, revenue, right? We want to uh, eventually be a brand that everybody looks to first, right? Uh, we're not a center-based model and we'll never be. People always ask, are you going to franchise at one day at one point? Nah, for what? The model doesn't work. We would license our model out, though. We'll do that. So we might license a model out at that time and say, hey, this is the ink way to do it. Right. Right. Take it to your university, to your high school, to your middle school, whatever, K to 12. And then you can do what we do and have the success rate. We have a 95 percent success rate of our students earning A's and B's in like 55 content areas right now. Who do you know that can beat that? I can't even name anybody that can beat that. Not Sylvan, not Kumon, not Mathlasium, not I level, not Huntington, not Gideon. Nobody. So when you have a team that um, speaks to that and they're super brilliant. Like, I got brilliant people on my team, bro. Like, I'm talking about <laughs> people that are on, are on our team, they work part-time because they have a full-time job, right? I'm the only one that works in the organization full-time. But I got IT consultants, engineers, instructional coaches, educators, doctors, physicians, attorneys, investment bankers. Like, all these different type of professions are within the organization that are primarily millennial that can relate to today's generation and tomorrow's generation now. And I think that that makes up for the difference of why we're doing what we do and how we're doing it better than others. We build better relationships. We have better results. We have better follow-up. We have better team. We just need to scale more. And I think the only way for us to scale more, like you said, five years, working on some things right now to try and get us to move in a silo of ed tech. And once we kind of move in the ed tech division, you know, I think things will fly off the rip. And we'll have a lot more, lot will be worth a lot more, per se, right? And right. we'll be able to impact more. Like I said, ink education is not, anything that I do is not a money play. Everybody likes bread, right? Everybody right. wants to be successful and make revenue and all that and, and one day be a unicorn. But that's not what we do it for. We do it to impact people. And the more people we impact, the better. If I can impact, you know, where we're at over 11,000 now in five years, if I can 10x that, right? <laughs> and we're like at 100,000, you know, we're at 100,000 people or whatever the case may be, then guess what? Man, that's a huge impact. That 100 something thousand people is worth more than whatever money it is. Why? Because I just saw somebody across that stage. I got a girl right now, man, that just uh, graduated a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had tutored her for GRE and also for her math and science to get into the top um, nurse anesthesia school. I'm training people to work on people that can die. So it's serious for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to train you and tutor you and have you out here killing people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like We don't want that. You know no, what I'm saying? Right, and, right. and that's just so, man, she's an AKA, man. So it's like, you know, we take what we do seriously because we train tomorrow's leaders and we don't accept no, we don't accept failure and we don't accept mistakes. And I think that's what makes it different. No, that's, that's a great way to put it. I mean, mm. being able to find top tier talent, right. It, mm. is absolutely important. I'm assuming, you know, yeah. well, what is your, your, your process like to find these, these type of tutors? Yeah. So, um, kind of funny you asked that too. I remember one day I was on LinkedIn and a woman hit me up. She was like, you know, I heard about your organization. And I'm like, Oh really? What's up? And she was like, I heard y'all hire people differently. And I'm like, okay, cool. Where you get this from? Like, you know what I mean? Like, where yeah. you did your research? Yeah. <laughs> so she was a head of, uh, the VP of actually HR at, uh, I want to say it was Methodist. It was a hospital um, system. I was like, Ooh, bitch, a big exec. Okay, cool. How you find us? Right. And so she was like, man, I just want to have coffee with you. Cause I just want to know kind of what y'all do. Like what's your process? And we kind of have, I guess we're like the, uh, what are they? like kind of like the harvard of of tutoring brands right like and when it comes to private tutoring brands when it yeah. comes to who we hire we don't do much if at all outside hiring and what i mean by that is we don't be like hey we're gonna go to career builder and just find somebody off the rip and we're gonna have them in our organization tomorrow doesn't work like that anybody that comes to our organization first is recommended by an executive of the organization or a c-level suite member or somebody that's that's um a bigger manager within our organization. So you can't come in unless you're recommended, right, to the team, period. Now, if you're trying to be in leadership, it's a different story. Only C-level execs get to do that. But if you're trying to be a consultant, 
we will, you know, you come in, you're only, you, you are only able to come in if you're recommended by somebody else. Once you're recommended by somebody else, then you have an interview process. And once the interview process is done and HR, we have an HR um, team in, in uh, North Carolina. Once they clear that and, and everything is cool, then we'll hire you on the team and they figure out what that rate's going to be. And then we go move forward from there. But you don't just come in and be like, I'm in Inc. Nah. If you part of Inc. Education and folks know the brand already, they already know that they're going to have somebody that's quality or they know that they have the best, one of the two. I've been telling people will come out one right before I'm on my way up here to, this, to the studio today. A woman had chose to tutor somebody to get a tutor, right? We had talked already and it was like, cool. You know, I think we're we're a little bit I think we're a little bit too expensive for whatever, but um I was like, Okay, cool. If you found somebody, great. Let me know if you need us in the future, whatever. She hit me up today. I was like, Hey, you know, do you mind do you mind, you know, maybe flex it on the pricing, but we we still want you guys and it's like, Of course, right? Not to be funny, but I know that People that don't choose us to begin with are always going to come back. Why? Because we're the best at what we do. You cannot find somebody out here better. You just can't. I've looked. You know what I'm saying? I'm a whole educator. I already know the platform. And so when you have that type of confidence and you exude that type of um, um, reputation, then it speaks for itself. I ain't got to say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Remember back in the day, they used to be like, Google me, right? Yeah, Google. I don't need to speak no more. Well, yeah, if, just if, look if, it up. If, if, if people Google, Google <laughs> your your brand comes up. The uh, right. J Jville brand mm-hmm. and, and, so, and the inked one. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what, so what's the Jville brand? Yeah, so um, the Jville brand is an organization I started in uh, the middle of 2018. It kind of light work then, more heavy in uh, earlier 2020, um, in late 2019 where it is a brand that consists of speaking engagements, consulting, whether it be educational consulting or credit consulting. We do credit analysis, right? And what we do what we call AU servicing. And AU servicing is authorized user servicing, which is basically putting consumers, right, on um, credit cards. So they're able to gain the credit um, years, right? Uh, age, as they call it in the credit agent, credit industry um uh profile right if you will the history and things like that right and they're able to utilize that to go get houses go buy cars go um uh get houses and apartments and all that right so it's really to help people achieve dreams again it's about impact it ain't about nothing else but impact right so that and then um also um professional development type things. And so all those in one is kind of what the J-Bill brand does at large, right? If I'm going out there speaking about certain topics, if I'm going out there doing professional development workshops on certain topics, I'm consulting, or I'm, I'm doing credit financial literacy type items. Matter of fact, I got to do a workshop next week with Jack and Jill organization about credit and financial literacy. So all that stuff is for the community. Yeah. No, that, that's great. Yeah. I mean, are you still doing your own PR? Or you I am. Some- Wow, man, you do a great job, bro. I ain't, bro, I ain't hired no PR. Matter of fact, I think the last time I even hired anybody in PR, bro, was like five, six years ago. I've literally everybody asked me that. I got people that NPR be like, "Yo, how you get all the PRs?" And I'm NPR, bro. I just do what I do. Yeah, man, your brand is incredible. <laughs> like I'm looking at it, like, wow, man, this is like very well branded. Like you have a team or something, man. The way. It's just nah, like, like you said, so. Google you, like we really Google you. It's just the way everything's organized, the articles, mm-hmm. the Forbes stuff. It, it just all stands out. And I'm like, okay, so like, how do you, how do you move a brand to be in Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, NBC, Black Enterprise, Business Insider, and all these other high level um, platforms without an agent? So it takes practice. It takes knowing your story well. It takes crafting your story around um, something that matters. It takes you knowing how to articulate your brand and pose it to PR outlets, right, that understand your brand. Because some don't understand. Now, when we made um, Ebony Magazine podcast, um, one of my, you know, she's a Delta. One of my, one of my, I got to call her now my homegirl because she's cool. And we had a really great conversation. But I had always one, I'm like, why is it that other outlets will cover us, but I find like the BIPOC ones don't? 
what's up with that? You know what I'm saying? And you just have to really look at, well, what are they really covering? What do they really care about? Right. And I feel like most outlets, I feel like education is like on the tail, on the tail bottom list of why, of the importance, but it should be the top level of importance. We got a whole situation right now where Biden is trying to figure out what's up with this student debt, <laughs> with these student loans. I ain't got no student loans. For those that got them, I feel for you. But you know what I'm saying? I'm in a situation where we're all in a situation now where it's like, okay, what's he going to do with these student loans? Is he going to forgive them? Is it going to be 20000 Is it going to be 10000 Like, what is it going to be, right? We're on our pins and needles right now because the decision is going to be made soon, right? But we also had the pandemic where education become, became huge, a huge topic outside of Jesus, right? And George <laughs> Floyd and everything else was going on. Education was next thing of importance. You got to catch the wave when you can. And that's where PR, pitching your story becomes important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you consult on that? Or I get asked that sometimes. Um, I can, but I just don't do it often. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I probably should create an agency at some point doing it because I'm well-versed at it. I don't know all the ins and outs of PR because I didn't major in it, obviously, right? I didn't major in PR. I didn't major in public relations or communications, right? But I know things that other people probably don't know. You know what I'm saying? That are that's able to get me in different places that maybe people may not get into, right? But I can't I can't push you into how to get verified, <laughs> right? I can't push you in how to right. get your Google your Google Pixel and your your Wikipedia and all that stuff set up because that's not what I it's not what I do. I gotta ask somebody else how to do that now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But the baseline PR to create stories, I can tell people how to craft their story to where it will probably get picked up. But it depends on what's relevant at the time and how you pitch. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. No, that that's great. Yeah. I always always conclude with this. Um, so what, what advice would you give uh, mm-hmm. other entrepreneurs? Man, um, there's a lot out there. Um, <laughs> I say, one, do not give up. The journey is hard. Be strong, but failure is okay, right? You won't learn and know much if you don't fail and fall. Fail. You won't know. You won't know much if you don't fail often, fast enough. Right? Failure is okay. People are always afraid. Damn! If I go to be an entrepreneur, I'm gonna fail. Cause you know now it's like entrepreneurship is like the I don't know, like the golden key or something, right? You know what I'm saying? Like nobody was interested in entrepreneurship before the past four years. Then all of a sudden it became a thing, right? Like. Man, and now people be looking at people down. Like, if you got a normal job, like, you suck because you're not an entrepreneur. Like, you know what I'm saying? But people, right. it's okay to have a nine to five. It's okay to have to be an entrepreneur fully. It's okay to mix the both, mix them, mix them up. But I say you got to fail enough times to where you can learn from those mistakes and tell other people what to do with that, right? Um, I would also tell them um, it's not for the weak. Um, don't try to be an entrepreneur if you're not ready. Don't try to be an entrepreneur if you think that you want to be one, but you ain't real about you. You ain't real. You ain't really about it though. Like you ain't getting up in these streets at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., ain't going to sleep. You ain't been see, ain't seen your friends in like three weeks, two, five months. Like you ain't, you don't know entrepreneurship till you really been through the, through the wire, right? You ain't been sitting there bootstrapping your money, you know, or raising capital or losing sleep, you know, don't eat for three or four days. Like there's a lot of things that people do in this space that not everybody can do consistently. So it ain't for the week. And if you ain't, if you ain't about that life, then stick to your nine to five and call it a day. Um, I would also say, um, it's fun. Keep it fun. Right. You will, uh, there are days you're going to be like, this sucks. <laughs> there are days you're going to be like, this is the lick. Right, there's days you're gonna be like, fam, I just got two contracts, right? Like I, I get this amount of money, whatever, right? I can pay my team, right? Um, there's days you're gonna be like probably sad or depressed. There's days you're gonna be super crunk, right? There's days you're gonna be just chilling. But the cool thing that entrepreneurship does that nobody always talks about is freedom. Freedom of time. You can push your time however you want to, right? Freedom of traveling. If you need to travel somewhere, you go travel. Now, for those that are really early stage, they might not be able to drive and be like, say, I'm just going to walk up and go to Miami for lunch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever, right? You want to work up to that. We want to work up to that. But the point is, uh, the freedom of time 
It's something that you can't get back. Time ticks away every second and you can't get it back. Right? The time we just had in the last five minutes, I we can't get that time back. It's already yeah. passed. So you have to remember why you're doing what you're doing because you can't get time back. Um, and then lastly, I would say that um, try to build solid relationships the best way possible so you can get repeat business, but also retain those relationships in ways outside of funding. So massage the relationship good enough to where you become semi-friends or you become semi-colleagues or associates, right? But you're able to hit up one another in different thing, in different ways, time of need or I just need to talk or whatever the case may be. Try to build relationships where it doesn't just center around that. You know what I mean? And I think um, your journey can get a little bit better, if that makes sense, you know? Um, and if you're going to go into the education space, know your stuff, <laughs> right? If you're going to be, be, try to be an educator, right? But it, you should know your stuff in whatever industry you're in as, a, as an entrepreneur. Know your stuff, know your craft, know your audience, know your team, know your wealth. I mean, know your worth. Um, and keep being hungry for knowledge. Being an educator, being an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, any type of business owner, you can't just stop and be like, I think I know everything. Nah. You can read more books out there to get your 10,000 hours of expertise. You can always read more books and get more knowledge because even Jesus is the only one that know everything, <laughs> that know everything. So I say just get your knowledge game up and keep reading and keep being a steward um, of educating yourself. That's it. Awesome. Well, Jay, appreciate it. <laughs> the show, I appreciate you for bringing me on. Um, for anybody that, uh, that does want to connect, uh, feel free to hit me up. My IG is uh, at the top tutor, T-H-E top tutor, um, or Inc. Education, or the Jville brand, <laughs> or Black Tutors of Social Media. I know we didn't get a chance to talk about the nonprofit, but we, we, you can hit me up there as well on LinkedIn, um, Facebook, all that stuff. You'll find me everywhere. Jay, appreciate <laughs> it. Michelle, appreciate it. You're listening to The Brilliant Ones Podcast with me, your host, Donnie Adams a show about entrepreneurs and the companies they build. Join me weekly as I speak with entrepreneurs from all over who share their experiences and advice on the companies they created. And be sure to follow us on YouTube and Instagram at The Brilliant Ones.